in my children. This past week, we watched five, five of the Rocky movies together. That's right. My children know about the heart of a champion now, about the Italian stallion, and they know about uh, keeping, keeping the fight, and they know about being the underdog but still persevering. And they also know that apparently in a boxing match you never have to guard. You can just take whatever hits come because that seems to be Rocky's technique. And uh, as we uh, watch these movies, sometimes one right after the other, uh, I noticed something that I don't think I'd paid attention too much before. That all of the second movies, second, third, fourth, actually a new Rocky spinoff that's being developed. I don't know if you know this or not, because six is not enough, you know. But all the subsequent movies begin with a scene from the last movie. So, for example, if you turn on Rocky 3 and you're watching the very first words and the very first scene, what you are seeing is something that happened in Rocky 2. In Rocky 3, you start off... Rocky going toe-to-toe with Apollo Creed. And, of course, Rocky coming out victorious. Does this remind anybody of anything? You're too busy singing the Rocky theme song. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But that's interesting because that scene from the last movie that opens up the current movie becomes a basis for the rest of the movie that we watch. And later on, Rocky will look back to that scene and he'll get motivation from it or it'll become meaningful for him. It will be what the rest of the movie is off. And what's interesting is that the gospel writer Luke uses the same technique for us today. If you've read his first volume, the gospel according to Luke, the book of Luke, he ends with Jesus meeting with his disciples. And as he's there, they watch him ascend into the clouds. Now, the church has always looked at that Jesus ascending. We call that the ascension because we're so creative, right? Luke also begins his second volume, the book of Acts, with this same scene. Now, what's interesting to me is that we talk a lot about the cross. We talk a lot about the resurrection, right? But Luke doesn't begin the book of Acts with the cross or the resurrection. We look at the cross and we think about it. It reminds us of Jesus' own obedience to God. It reminds us of the love of God for all of us. It reminds us of what Christ was willing to do for every single one of us. We look at the resurrection as a sign of God's victory over death, that there is always hope in God, that there's nothing in life that God cannot overcome. You're still singing the Rocky song, aren't you? Because that was an ameter, y'all. Those things are important for us for obvious reason. But Luke doesn't begin the book of Acts with that scene. Instead, he reminds us that Jesus has gathered with his disciples. Now, these disciples, they just keep proving to us that really haven't been paying attention all that much. Aren't you glad we pay a lot more attention than they, they did? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Shiner First United Perfect Church. I get it. I get it. They haven't been paying attention because as Jesus has come along, they still have their minds on other things, don't they? They ask together, Jesus, that cross thing, that was pretty cool, but we know you've been holding back on us, right? Is now the time? That you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now's the time, right? 
and probably much to the dismay of every doomsday preacher that has come since, Jesus says, that stuff is none of your business. The timing and the end, all the stuff, you don't worry about that. Instead, hear this. You are going to be my witnesses throughout the world. And as Jesus is talking, as, you know, the disciples are scratching their heads. Yo, what's he talking about? Anybody want to understand? I'm not that smart. I don't get it. Huh? As all this is happening, Jesus ascends. Some of the most famous uh, paintings uh, around the ascension um, they see Jesus, uh, Jesus at the focal point, but it's not his face, it's not his beard, it's not his body, it's actually the bottom of his feet. Remind us that Jesus has gone on. And as those disciples are looking up, maybe in amazement, maybe in confusion, who knows, suddenly two men appear to them in white robes. Now, if it had been three, maybe those two and me, we'd have the full spurs thing working, Right? But these two men show up and say, hey, guys, what are you looking at? I tend to be pretty cynical, so I would have said, hey, the bottom of Jesus' feet, what do you think? They say, well, the same Jesus that you're watching will come again the same way he came. And now what's interesting is that most people, you look at this interaction, the strange, really strange interaction between these two men in white robes and the disciples who are just standing there. The way most people have come to translate this whole interaction is, Hey, disciples, what are you still doing here? He's gone. Now you go. Y'all with me? See, and it's that scene repeated that Luke bases the rest of the book of Acts. That everything about the book of Acts now hinges on that event. So as we through chapters 2 and 3 and 4 and on to 28 and on to Acts 29, us, we look back at that event. And, I, and I, as I was thinking about that, I began to kind of wrap my mind around it. Maybe that's why we don't pay too much attention to the ascension. Because we pay attention to the cross because the old rugged cross, we like that. We pay attention to the resurrection because it has strong meaning for us. Power of God, all those things. But those two things remind us of what God is willing to do for us. Amen? The ascension reminds us of what we're supposed to be willing to do for God. Yeah, you say amen, don't you? That's right. I've been called. It's easy to remember the cross, the resurrection, because that's what God has done for us. But the ascension reminds us of what we're supposed to do for God. Y'all with me? Now, if we remember Jesus praying... One of the things that he prayed is that those disciples would indeed be his witness to the world. That was his prayer. That's what he told the disciples they would be. 
As we read the book of Acts, it's what comes to be as well, that the disciples would go from Jerusalem. They would go out and they would become his disciples throughout all the world. If you have any question about that, you don't realize that you are sitting halfway across the planet because of their witness. Y'all with me? And the Ascension reminds us that we are a part of that plan as well. And maybe you've seen uh, the deal. I I love it. It's the the quote to um, prayer, I guess. It says, sometimes I'm afraid to ask God why he doesn't do something about hunger and poverty and injustice and suffering. Because I'm afraid he may ask me the same thing. See, the Ascension reminds us that we are part of what God is doing in the world. And if we are going to be able to do that, we're going to need some prayers. <laughs> it's a good thing we got one from our Lord. Amen. Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for his disciples that were with him that day. He prayed for us as well. And all other disciples who would grow up from our witness, all other people who would come to know the love of God. But we have to understand that the ascension scene is that reminder that we are Christ's witness to the world and that we are called now, just as the disciples did, just as Jesus did, to bring glory to God. See, that's a very Christian thing to say. We want to glorify God. We want to bring glory to God. Maybe you've said that. Maybe you've sung that before. And I'm sure there are a lot of ways to do that. But looking at Jesus' prayer... He gives us one at least particular way that we do this. Let me remind you what he prayed. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Friends, it's easy, I think, to sing a hymn of praise, especially if it's one we like, right? Especially with these kind of people leading us. I mean, how easy is that, y'all? But glorifying God by finishing the work that God has given us to do. That's a little more difficult, isn't it? That takes a little more from us. That requires a little more thought. But we call ourselves Christians because we follow this guy that we consider to be the Christ, Jesus. And if he understood that the way that he glorified God was by completing the work that God had given to him, guess how we, you and I, glorify God as well? By finishing the work God gave us to do. And I know, I know, John, I'm tired. Or John, I'm retired. John, I'm busy. John, I'm too anxious. John, I'm not good enough. John, I haven't been around long enough. John, I just don't want to. Is that everybody's toes yet? I'm just want to make sure. If I'm missing anybody, let me know and I'll get you on the spot right now. If we're going to finish the work that God gave us, we're going to the prayer of the Lord. The prayer of our Lord was that we would be one. We would be one in this ministry 
that we have been given by God. Sometimes uh, maybe a speech to a, maybe a graduating class or a group of young people or sometimes even to adults. We, uh, sometimes I want to say, I don't want to say it, but I, but I want to say, we need everybody to do their part. We need everybody to step up. We need everybody to be faithful. Because the truth is, not all of you will be faithful. And we need somebody to decide to be the one who will be faithful. We need to be one. Because that's what Christ prayed for us to be. And not one like, oh, I'm going to put up with you. One, I'm going to like you. One, I'm just going to stand. No, that we would be one like God the Father and God the Son were one. They were of the same being. They cared about the same things. The same things broke their hearts. The same things united them. The same way that God and the Father are one. And if you didn't get that, you need to read the book of John over again because that's the thing that he is trying to emphasize. That God and Jesus are one. That when you see Jesus, you see what the Father looks like. And I'm not talking about the beard or the hair. It's height. I'm talking about the way he acts. I'm talking about the way he, he thinks and the way he speaks. You are seeing what God looks like in the same way that they are one. You and I are supposed to be one as well. And as a matter of fact, it seems to me that maybe part of what Jesus recognizes is that there's nowhere, no way else that we're going to be able to be witnesses to all the world if we don't consider ourselves to be one. I want to share some wisdom to come out of our youth Sunday school class. Boy, that's some good conversations in the year. If you're not in Sunday school, you're missing it. One of our young people talking about Christian unity says, you got to act like one to be one. How simple is that? You got to act like one in order to be one. And to be one is what Jesus prayed that we would be. And I like to tell the story of me and Slim Jim. Jimmy was his name. Uh, he was a, a young person, part of one of our churches. And we had gathered one night, probably a Sunday evening. I don't quite remember what the occasion was. But there were about 20 or 30 of us. And the way that we ended our time together, we all gathered in a big circle. We held hands and we sang the song Unidos. Remember that song, Gloria? Unidos, Unidos. Siempre Unidos. Which means together, together, always together. Now, I, I think, I don't know how many verses the song actually has, but I think we only sang about 58 of them. But we're singing, you need those. We have our hands um, held with each other. And there's sometimes where I think it seems just so appropriate that we raised our hands and, you know, we, we, we'd squeeze a little bit. You know, you do that little Christian squeeze, right, and everything. And we, we do that and we're singing and, and we have our, our eyes lifted up and our voices going up. And one of these times that we held our hands up, singing and Going on and on. I don't remember how long it had been, but I got to thinking, my arm sure has been up there a long time. You know, and after a while, that gets kind of, <laughs> I couldn't do this because the other person has my hand over here. See, but and you can judge me all you want. I don't care. I don't judge you. Teasing. We don't judge each other, do we? But I'm thinking, man, I'm supposed to be like the mentor here to young Slim Jim. He was skinny like me and had the body of Bruce. That's why I used to call him that. I, 
I'm supposed to be like the mentor. I'm supposed to be the, the rock and all this kind. I can't put my arm down. He's going to think he's stronger than me. Or he's going to think that, you know, he's, he's more in, in shape than I am. I haven't always had this, y'all, right? I, I, I can't put my arm down. I'll just wait for him. Jimmy is killing me right now. Now you keep your arm up for a while, and what happens? You start shaking. Like, oh, my goodness. He has to feel this. Maybe he'll have a little mercy on me. And I remember finally deciding, I can't take it. I'm just going to fake it and put my arm down like it's time to pray or something. And as I just, just a little bit began to let my arm go down a little bit, Slim Jim, oh, Jimmy, 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 I love you, Jimmy, didn't let me. He picked my arm up. Now, the cool thing is that after a while, Jimmy's arm began to shake. I'm feeling redeemed at this point. And I could feel that there was a moment he was about ready to let his arm go down. But you know what? I didn't let him. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to suffer. We're going to suffer together, brother. I remember that quite often because I think it reminds me that we are unidos. We have to be. We have to hold each other up. We have to be one. We have to be willing to stand with each other. We have to be willing to support each other. If we don't, who else will? We are the church of God and we have been called. We have been prayed over us by our Lord that we would indeed be one. Now, you and I, friends, are called to be witnesses to the world. Me, just as much as any of you. We can't do that on our own. Unidos. Siempre. Amen. Yeah, amen.